I meant to be offensive and I was complimentary. You know that's against my nature. I know. Well, get us out of this cul-de-sac. Travel back in time to the 80s. Reliving the music. You can't have the Pretender's first album. That's mine. I bought it. You did not. The catchphrases. Did you have a brain tumor for breakfast? And the wannabes. Sometimes I see you dance around the house in my underwear. Doesn't make me Madonna. Never will. Because just like you, we're stuck in the 80s. Can you say stuck in the 80s? Stuck in the 80s, it's Spearsy back in Florida. And Brad in New York. And today we're ready to help you with your summer vacation plans. This week, a special guest joins us to help sort out the ultimate road trip playlist of the 80s. Now I owe it to myself to tell you, Mr. Griswold, that if you're thinking of taking the tribe cross country, this is the automobile you should be using, the Wagon Queen family truckster. You think you hate it now, but wait till you drive it. Stuck in the 80s is listener-supported. Join us for Zoom happy hours, read exclusive content, and generally just second-guess everything we say by joining at patreon.com slash stuckinthe80spodcast. Maybe even join us so you can help us build future 80s playlists. I mean, you can second-guess us anytime you like, but this way you can second-guess us with other like-minded second-guessers. I guess that's what I'm saying. Sort of. It's not easy getting rides, you know what I mean? I mean, most people are afraid to pick up hitchhikers. I mean, you never know who you might pick up. I mean, I, I could be some crazy slime ball. I mean a real deranged violent psycho, you know what I mean? I mean a guy who would rip your heart out and eat it just for pleasure. I'm talking about a total maniac. Do you know what I mean? Do you know what I mean? Brad, joining us this week, it's Tamara Dever. Hi Tamara. Hey guys. For those who don't know, Tamara is an author. She wrote the retro music quiz book, I Like Big Books and I Cannot Lie. I, you have to wrap that when you say it. You, you can't do it any other way. That's true. And the ultimate mixtape. So it's just natural that we have her for this week's show. I appreciate you guys having me on here. I love listening, and it's about time I get to pick on you on the air. It, <laughs> I can't say it's not deserved. What's interesting is Tamara and I both write for a magazine called Retrofied. And if you've never heard of Retrofied, go to retrofiedmag.com and learn all about it. We just finished our articles for edition number three, and the theme of the magazine is road trips, right? You got it. I wrote an article for them about the top 10 road movies uh, of all time, not just the 80s. What? And then Brad and I helped Tammy with her article, which was ultimate road trip songs, right? Yep, ultimate road tip mix mixtape, I think. I, I feel like my contribution to that was in the I brought a watermelon level, but <laughs> you know, I'll take credit if it's offered. Yeah, I like watermelon. <laughs> I mean, some people really like watermelon. I think the edition that our article's in is coming out at the first week of August. Am I right, Tammy? That's what I've heard, the physical copies. And then uh, the digital edition will be released before the end of July. Oh, nice. It's a pretty slick looking magazine. Um, I think for the for the last episode, you had an interview with Martha Quinn. I did. What did she say that surprised you the most? Everything she su- says surprises me because she's so dang nice that uh, I just sit there and go, "This chick is so known like worldwide," and she's just sitting there talking and hanging out like we've known each other for years. That's what I just love her. She's so nice. Yeah, super down to earth. Yep. We've had her on the show, I think, three times now. And every time it's just this, you know, wonderful experience where we can't stop smiling for a week. Steve is actually happy after those <laughs> conversations for multiple days, folks. <laughs> I understand that. It's like a medical condition. It's called Quinsky. So <laughs> so definitely check out the magazine. It's at retrofiedmag.com. You can read more of Tammy's work at www 
www.totallycool80s.com and your other gig um, as the uh, book designer and owner of TLC Book Design. That's at tlcbookdesign.com, right? Yes, thank you. Okay, so here's how it's going to go. We have decided that it's the middle of summer and people are taking their vacations. It's time to build a playlist, which none of us have probably done in earnest in about 30 years, right? Probably right. Um, I famously made one for my wife the year after the Valentine's Day massacre, as previously discussed on the podcast. Um, and that playlist is still popular at the Williams house, but that was okay. Yeah. That was 22 years ago. <laughs> so let me, let's start by the question. What makes for a great road trip song? Tammy. I think it has to make you want to hit the road with friends, roll down the windows, and sing with conviction, with no inhibition. It should make you feel good. It needs to make the road trip more enjoyable. But it can't be too dance-oriented or you'll crash the car. That's, and it can't be good. too sleepy or you'll crash the car. <laughs> so that's what I think. What do you guys think? Brad, what do you think? Uh, you know, I like that the you know the boundaries, the upper and lower bounds, like too fast, too slow. Either way, you end up dead. So <laughs> I, I agree that a, a good sing along is a strong contender. One of my things with mixtapes, or I guess we're talking, we're calling this a mixtape. Um, not that anyone will ever lay this onto magnetic tape, but I'm really concerned with the song transitions as much as I am the songs themselves. Like I really want things to connect together, and I can't really codify those rules. I know it when I hear it. It's like the Supreme Court in pornography. I know it when I hear it. It's a pornography store. I was buying pornography. <laughs> uh, what all of what you said, Tammy, and I also want it to, to gel together as a, you know, as a whole. I want to make something with songs that somehow the collective is greater than the sum of the parts. So, next question: Does it have to have a theme of a journey or travel or? cars i mean is that a requirement for a good traveling playlist it isn't for me that's i love themes but that would be too restrictive i, I want to just have great songs they don't have to have to do with cars what do you think brad what she said what she said <laughs> that goes double for me i agree I, you, you can't you can't let yourself be boxed in too much in spite of all the boxing in i just did for you. Yeah. I, I will admit that a lot of the ones i picked for this week have that kind of a theme to them but here's the final important question. Does it, for the purposes of today's show, does it have to be an 80s song? Can we select songs from before the 80s? Because let's face it, during the 80s, we were probably on road trips where um, our parents or older siblings had control over the radio. So we would have been subjected to songs from b before our beloved decade. What do you think, Tammy? I vote that 70s and 80s are totally open. I know. A lot of the stuff I would pick, I didn't even discover some of the 70s stuff until the later 80s because I hadn't been exposed to it. I grew up listening to country music with my dad for crying out loud. <laughs> so, yeah, I vote 70s and 80s are game. What about you, Brad? Yeah. If, if I were doing a playlist of this nature, and maybe, maybe this is an exercise I should undertake, I don't know. I would definitely be sprinkling some 70s selections in there. I think it would be primarily 80s stuff. But uh, to Tammy's point, yeah, in the Williams car, there was a lot of classical music. So Ugh. that's not really going to flip anyone's cookie. It just that's, puts everyone in the back seat to sleep. Yeah, I was going to say that. Wouldn't it put the driver to sleep too? Isn't that, aren't we at danger not at this point? When you're, not when the driver is an orchestra conductor. <laughs> I mean, he and my mother would sit in the front seat and basically would just live for, cause, okay, in Oklahoma, the college radio station is like, was, I don't know if it still is was uh, one of the university radio stations in the middle of the state. And the, the DJs were all college students, and they would just butcher these composer names. Of course they would. Where would they have ever heard them said out loud? So my parents would basically just wait for the piece to end, and then they'd, like, turn it up a little bit. Like, oh, here it comes. They're like, oh, he doesn't know how to say Dvorak. Ha, 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 ha. <laughs> like, that was entertainment when you're driving oh, down 40 let me tell you. All I know is it's Shastakovich. Shast, Shast, not Shast, Shast. It's like, it's like, Shast, it's like the soda. Conspiracy. In Florida, we say... Mean he doesn't deserve your respect. I only remember that because of the movie about last night. Here, is this your Shastakovich? 
It is Shastakovich, and it's mine. That works. That's it. So, okay, so we've got songs that we're we're gonna we're gonna individually pick. At, at the end, we have some honorable mentions we're gonna throw in, and then we're gonna include songs that were nominated by um, the listeners of the podcast. So, we ready to get going? I'm you ready. Some Red Rider. Pile up in that car and go. Okay, Brad, you're up first. What did we just say about you don't have to have songs about cars? Eh, screw it. Here's my first pick. It's Lindsey Buckingham's Holiday Road. There may be some among you, gentle listeners, who think of this song as nothing but a punchline in a movie that is full of other punchlines. And you wouldn't be wrong, but it's still a really fun song. I think it hits the tempo right in that it's fast enough, it's not too fast. It's got a dog barking in the chorus. Come on. It's fantastic. It's in every vacation movie, I think, for the most part. It should be. I'm not sure if Lindsey Buckingham does this when he when he performs anymore, or if he's even touring. Anymore. Oh yeah, really yeah, it's on, it's always on his set list. He really needs to. Yeah. Um, at the, when this came out, he'd already released his first solo album in 1981, Law and Order, which has the number nine hit. I think that's probably his biggest solo hit, Trouble. The next album, Go Insane, which we've talked about some. I know we talked about it on the podcast because I remember what did I talk about? The video, because the video used. <laughs> Every single stupid video effect they could come up with at the time, which is amazing to watch. Uh, that only went to 23. But if you ask somebody, name a Lindsey Buckingham song, go, the first thing that's going to come out of their mouth is Holiday Road. I, I guess it gets ridiculed to some degree because it's so unlike a Lindsey Buckingham song. I mean, it feels like a, a Weird Al Yankovic song. Not that that's a bad thing. You know, I never thought about it that way, but you're right. It doesn't really fit with the rest of his uh, work. As it yeah. <laughs> He's such a serious guy. Right. And this is kind of a goofy, goofy track. It is. It's happy-go-lucky. And, I mean, you immediately think of Christy Brinkley flirting with Clark Griswold and, and makes you smile and you got to bop your head around. and the Dog peed on the sandwiches. <laughs> <laughs> Has everyone here seen every vacation movie? I mean, of the original franchise not the not the remake okay the original are um vacation european vacation christmas vacation and was there a las vegas one yeah, las vegas, vegas. One. yeah i i'm gonna say yes i've seen them all but i don't really remember the las vegas one very well it's not bad i've seen them all i have the box set somewhere i haven't seen the european one i'm just bits and pieces of it but i've seen the others <laughs> really Oh, that's that's a good one. Is it? It's colossally stupid. You really owe it to yourself to see it. It is so dumb. It walks the right side of the dumb funny line. <laughs> but how often do you quote it, Brad? I mean, you quote it. I mean, I quote it all the time. You know, all the time. Russell Griswold. Oi, going, my good man. And Rusty. <laughs> or my wife and I are looking for six. Schweinhood. Guten Tag. Uh, my family and I are looking for sex. Schweinhood. All right, I'm going to have to watch it. But then you have to watch it's Vegas vac- Vacation because I think that one's awesome. Okay, I'll do it. I do. I like, I like Vegas Vacation. Um, You've got a deal, Tammy. All righty. <laughs> okay, so that's – I think everyone Our book knew- reports are doing a week. Oh, gosh. <laughs> okay, two weeks. I, I, th- I think everyone would have predicted we would have included that song, especially since we used it for the intro. So that's not really a big surprise. This is the one that might catch stuck in the 80s listeners who know Brad and me really well off guard. Anyone remember this song? That's Here I Go Again by White Snake, which I can't even say with a straight face. 
Rest in peace, Tony Katane. Well, yeah, we did lose Tony Katane this year. That that was very sad. People asked us if we were going to do a special show about that. And I was like, I don't think so. So Chuck Finley called us and asked us not to. So This is the special show right now. You're listening to it. So it's what she would have wanted. We've made fun of White Snake before on the podcast, mainly just for the band's name, but also their album names because they're a little – what's the word I'm looking for? Um, Family unfriendly. Questionable. <laughs> <laughs> but problematic. Maybe problematic. Yeah. I, I remember trying to podcast seriously and be like, I have to say this, these next few words. But let's face it, this – this song is a classic. It's part of the pop culture DNA, and it's for no other reason than Brad's most beloved art form, the video, right? Yeah, I mean, not one, but two cars with a, a practically naked woman draped across them. <laughs> and if that's not art, what is? Well, it was, it was certainly of its day. The, here's what's bizarre. And I got to admit, I, when I was doing research on this song... I sort of knew that there were two different versions of it. I mean, there's a there's the original version, there's a radio remix. Okay. And if you go back to the original 1982 version, there's an odd difference in the chorus. The original version goes, here I go again on my own, going down the only road I've ever known. Like a hobo, I was born to walk alone. As we all know, that's not the version we remember. What we remember is, like a drifter, I was born to walk alone. Hold on a second. They changed Hobo out for the radio edit? Was the Hobo lobby that strong? <laughs> well, here, I'm going to explain it to you. and it's, it's even worse than what you think. According to David Coverdale, owner of those two magnificent Jaguars and Beautiful. temporary custodian of Tanya Katane, um... The song did originally say Drifter, but he himself changed it to Hobo because he was aware of the fact that he kept using Drifter in songs over and over again as a lyric, and he felt like he was getting overused. <laughs> so he put in Hobo, but... That just sounds like something on a spinal tap. I know. Like, oh, but... I've been using Drifter too much. We need another <laughs> word here. What are you talking so... about? Sit down on the bus. The the radio label exec said, would you please – we think it was the radio level. I, it's it's one of those kind of urban legends. The A&R guy. Or- he was told to change it because the feeling was that the lyric could be misheard as homo. Mm. But I mean – Interesting. I didn't know that. Can you name – check another song from the 80s that uses the lyric hobo? I, I got nothing. No. Yeah, my head just keeps going to King of the Road, which is not from the 80s, and I don't think it has the word hobo in it. It's about a guy who is riding the rails. Yeah, he literally is a hobo. hobo. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, for those who still care, um, the New York (laughs) Times- We're bringing this one in, folks. (laughs) The New York Times put the video with Tony Katane on their list of 15 essential hair metal videos. Um, How they could narrow it down to just 15 is beyond me. Insert eye roll there. Um, uh, others on the list include Rock of Ages by Def Leppard and Round and Round by Rat. So there you go. Eesh, I'm really kind of busy, Rat. Okay, Tammy, you're up. What's your first pick for a uh, great uh, road trip song of the 80s? All right, get ready for this awesome classic, and it is from by Boston. Oh, nice pick. It is instantly it. recognizable. It's going to hit that fading guitar. I don't think this song could ever die from being overplayed. It's just too cool. 
it's somehow it's refined and it's raw at the same time. You have to play it loudly. You have to have the requisite listener provided vocal tracks, even if you don't sing well. And for me, Boston was the first concert I saw without my parents. Wow, really? Yep. And it was only my second concert ever. My first one, Johnny Cash. Wow. So that's pretty good. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. good. Yeah. Yeah. I could probably get a book career just on that. (laughs) Sure thing. I have a sadly funny fact about Boston, and they were nominated for a Best New Artist Grammy in 1976. They lost to the Starland Vocal Band. Oh, no. Seriously, they had one stinking hit, their silly Afternoon Delight. Afternoon Delight. Sold a lot of records, which is really all the Grammys care. Yeah. <laughs> which just goes to show the Grammys have been, you know, spiritually bankrupt for longer than we than we think. The funny thing is, Afternoon Delight is, in my mind, a great road trip song. I Back then, I, I was, during the summers, I was forced to work with my dad who traveled the state in his, in his van repairing um, air conditioning and ice machines at movie theaters. I think he only had like an AM, maybe an FM. And I know he had a CB radio for sure. But in my mind, all I remember was him drinking coffee from a thermos. And he had a gigantic jar of sugar that I would keep sticking my fingers in and eating. (laughs) But the only song I remember hearing on the (laughs) radio. The only song I remember hearing on the radio was was Afternoon Delight. And to this day, whenever I hear that song, I think about big jars of sugar. So you think about the sugar and not your dad? Well, now you've made me feel like a complete piece of shit. Well, yeah. Welcome to Spearsy Land. <laughs> She's a natural. So here's the real question, though. What was your dad's CB handle? Oh, gosh. That'd be a Ice great Man? story. What? Iceman? You know what? It might have been. It might have been. Wow. I want to live in a world where that's true. I never thought about that. I We used to drive every Saturday morning in high school to a bowling league that we belonged to and the guy who we drove with would barter his brother's car his muscle car and the only tape he had was boston this album and so i remember hearing this song like and it's like tammy says it's played it can only be played at blistering volumes blistering yeah and then i remember we turned a corner really fast and nearly flipped his car and i don't think my blood pressure has been the same ever since so don't be dead, dude. It is a classic, and it's got a great instrumental section. It's got great, very singable sing-along lyrics. You know, you can you're not making up weird syllable noises. You know the words. It's not like super high or super low, so most people can hit it. Uh, that's a really strong pick. No, you have uh, to go falsetto to sing this, don't you? Uh, just dropping an octave. You're fine. <laughs> you're not going to get me to do it, but oh, I mean, come I'm just on. saying. Brad, it's your turn. What's your next uh, road trip selection? My next pick, I think this might be a unanimous All-American right here. Beauty of a song from Journey, Stone in Love. Those crazy nights I do remember in my youth I do recall those were the best times most of One of my favorites, absolutely. Yeah, you can talk about Don't Stop Believing All You Want. I'd rather hear Stone in Love. I'm with you, Tammy. This is my favorite journey. Yep. Number two, right behind it, is Still They Ride. Ooh. Ooh. Right sliding in behind it, which maybe that works on the B side of the tape, on the chill out side, as opposed to the get there side. But for another time. God. this, This song, it just, the. The lyrics and the music, it just, it's perfect. It's just this perfect summer to me song that then resolves into this, I can't even call it an outro. It's almost like a second movement of the song and it just tails out forever. Yeah. I mean, that's a cruising song if ever there was a cruising song. But now I'm second guessing and I'm thinking Still still They Ride might might have been the better pick. Uh, You're wrong. No. Yeah. Yeah. Brad, Brad and I are right. Steve, you're wrong. 
give Neil Sean credit for this one. He came up with this, I think, one night at a party. He was sitting there and he just sort of came up with the riff in his head and started laying it down on some tape. And then the next day, um, you know, hands it off to Jonathan Kane and he comes up with the lyrics, which to me are everything. It's the whole podcast. I'll use what, four lines. Let me just read it real quick. Those crazy nights I do remember in my youth. I do recall those were the best times, most of all. If you don't agree with that, shut off the podcast and get out. We don't need you. <laughs> Here's what's funny. I was, I was Googling this earlier, and when you type in Stone in Love, it says, do you mean the 1972 song by the Stylistics? And I'm like, no, I do not mean the 72 songs by the Stylistics. But by all means, please tell me all about it. <laughs> Thanks for asking, Google. There's the, there is another song called I'm Stone in Love with You, and it's sung in a falsetto voice. So you're thinking it must be the inspiration of this song. But no, instead, it sounds like this. These things I do, cause I'm stone. No, that is not Stone in Love. That hurts my ears. It's a, it's fine. You know, there's a cool in the gang song that's pretty awesome called Stone Love. Hmm. You'd think we would know that, but we don't. I feel like it's time for us to do a, a Stone-themed playlist called Stone Soup. If only I had a carrot for this mixtape. <laughs> we could go down to uh, Pot Alley in New York next time I'm there. We can record it from there. Just uh, tell me where it is. I'll go to it now. It's uh, 66th Street. No, I'm not walking that far. It's hot out. <laughs> it's wonderful. What a lovely bouquet of herbs from around the world. <laughs> okay, I know, I know there's almost universal agreement that slow songs do not belong in the playlist, but I have decided to step into the lion's mouth and all the other good cliches with this not so obvious choice from Tracy Chapman. So I remember when we were driving. Driving in your car, speed so fast it felt like I was drunk. City lights day out before us, and your arm felt nice wrapped round my shoulder. And I, I had a feeling that I belonged. I, I had a feeling I could be someone, be someone, be someone. This is not a bad pick. I'm trying to formulate. I'm trying to formulate some cogent thoughts here, but I kind of got lost in the song. My thoughts are no, 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 no. They don't no, fit this, the criteria. This is the song that plays at midnight when you, you maybe you come off like five sing-along songs in a row and your voice is shot and everyone else in the car is drunk or asleep. And I, I guess it's a family vacation, so I guess they're all just drunk. But uh. the... Um, <laughs> I think this fits as like the last song on the tape. Yeah, right before you like, pull in the real sleazy it's the, it's the, roadside yeah. motel to, to spend the night. I think everyone knows by now this was the first big hit by Tracy Chapman. It is the song that, for for better or for worse, defines her career. It helped her win three Grammys the following year. And for some reason, this song has legs. Uh, Rolling Stone had a great article about it in 2020 where they talked about the song's renaissance during the pandemic. And they were talking hmm. about how the all these other stars were discovering, like today's country stars and hip hop stars and adult contemporary artists were were discovering it and re-recording it and performing it live. Chris Daughtry and Kelly Clarkson have a, a there, famous performance. There are like three hundred versions of this. Yeah, like everyone has covered this. It's off a fantastic album, and I think I would not play that whole album. I mean, that would risk the car rolling off the road. But this song alone. I think it works, but I'm not going to push it. Put it on your playlist if you want. I'm just saying I thought it was worthy. But, Tammy, what's your next pick? Okay, my next pick is by Queen, one of the best bands ever. Take a listen. Bottom Girls, 
It's from 78 off their album Jazz. It is pure, turn it up, sing along fun. It's silly. Some people say it's offensive. I don't care. You have to sing along to it. You saw them twice in concert, I read. Oh, my gosh. Twice in one year. We saw them in 2019. And get this. My husband dressed up as Freddie Mercury for the concert. Which, which version nice. of Freddie? Like 70s version or 80s version? The gayer version. You know. <laughs> <laughs> short hair. He's just a drifter. <laughs> he has short hair, the shades, the mustache, the white and red military coat with the white pants and the red stripes down there. People went crazy. They were giving That's us fun. high fives and asking for pictures. We we were we had crappy seats, of course, but we went upstairs, we went through the entry, and you have to turn around to go upstairs to get to your seat. And we did that, and our entire section cheered for him. It was epic. It was so awesome. Oh That's God. awesome. That's yeah. fantastic. I've, I've never had a chance to see him. Have you, Brad? I have not. But I hate fun, Steve, so <sighs> why would I go do that? There, there used to be this really great tribute band. I think they even picked up pieces of the band set, of, okay. of, the, of the concert setup from the late 70s, early 80s. And they did a whole show. And I interviewed the guy one time, and it was going to be a podcast, but he's Scottish, and you couldn't understand a word he was saying. You can't so, close caption a podcast. Steve, that's Gary Mullen from Gary yes, Mullen. Yes, Gary Orcs. Mullen, yes. So we saw them that's like the weekend before the world shut down last year. We saw them okay. and got to go backstage and meet the band because Tom was wearing his costume. I've since become friends with the bass player and his wife. We all hang out online and we have tickets to see them this summer and a darn concert got pushed to next year. Oh no. Yeah. Story of everyone's life, right? But they are yeah, fabulous. I... They're awesome. And I can't understand Gary when he's talking either. <laughs> okay. Cause I, I was really afraid that what I was saying was borderline offensive. Is it one of those things where if you can see him talking, you can pick it out better or it's just forget it. 50-50. When I saw that you had a Queen song on here, immediately I was ready to fight you and say, no, it needs to be Don't Stop Me Now. But I think that's a little too fast. Yes, that's a speeding ticket. It's a little too fast. Fat Bottom Girls also checks a box for me because listeners will know Brad was in marching band. And what do the marching band kids do on the bus when they're stuck going to wherever? It's not really a road trip. It's kind of a road trip. There's some guy who has a boom box. It was usually me. Uh, and the great their greatest hits tape was always in rotation and they sure. got played a lot on the bus and the whole so the whole bus would sing along yeah under penalty of death <laughs> sorry i was a band geek too we always did we will rock you so we could stomp the bus to death yeah because who cares about the bus garbage what'd you play tammy i played french horn and i played keyboard respect brad played uh bassoon you got it right, Steve. I'm oh so my God, proud I was of you. Intentionally to get it wrong, because <laughs> I always say you play oboe. Yes, that was my dad's instrument. Okay, I meant to be offensive, and I was complimentary. You know that's against my nature. I know. Well, get us out of this cul-de-sac, Steve. Okay, here's my next pick. Is it your turn? I don't care. You go. Okay. Uh, okay, I'll go instead. This is a classic by REM. Can't Get There From Here was the first single released off their album, Fables of the Reconstruction, in 1985. Anyone else here a big R.E.M. fan, or is it just me? Not me. Tammy's just nah. kind of... <laughs> I'm on board with this pick. I liked them at this point, but I really kind of caught on with um, Life's Rich Pageant. Okay. So this was before that. And it was never even supposed to be on the album. It was just something they recorded and they played it at a few kind of just last minute gigs they had in Athens and the crowds love it. So they recorded it. It was not a huge hit, but it was the first REM song to feature a horn section. 
Well, you know how I, you know I'm a sucker for a horn section, Steve. The thing that bothers me, well, not bothers me. The thing that's challenging to me about an REM song, especially REM in the first half of the '80s, is you can't understand a word that Michael Stipe is saying. And this is another one of those songs where I get the the lyrics wrong. The lyrics are, "When the world is a monster, bad to swallow you whole. Kick the clay that holds the teeth in." Throw your trolls out the door, which on itself makes almost no sense. Here's what I hear. <laughs> <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, the Mondegreen section of the show has arrived. When the world is an oyster, a bat will swallow you whole. And honest to God, I have no idea what he says that third line. And I, I sat there and listened to it 20 times today. I can't even come up with my own version of what the hell he's saying. But the final line to me is not throw your trolls out the door. It's throw your troubles out the door, which at least made sense to me. You'd think that I would hear throw the trolls out the door. but Being a troll yourself. But it's a great song. It's a good sing-along song, right, Brad? Well, here's where it becomes a good sing-along song. You don't sing the verse. Let Michael Stipe handle that. That's his problem. But you get to the chorus, and you split the car up. Can't get there from here, and... I've been there, I know the way. And you just trade it back and forth. Yeah. That's great. I have great memories of doing exactly that with my son driving around. Actually, usually it was coming home from volleyball tournaments, which seems oddly specific, but that's where the memory's from. <laughs> oddly specific. I have a strong memory of the first time I heard this song because it was about four hours ago. Oh, really? Really? Yes. Wow, you're in for a treat. Yeah, sure. So the world for Not you for is an oyster. Yeah. So the world for you is an oyster too, right now. Absolutely, so. and I hate seafood. Oh wow! <laughs> Somebody gave me an REM. A friend gave me an REM CD when I was in college, and I could not for the life of me figure out why, because I had never expressed interest in them. And I think, I really think he got it from the Columbia House Club and forgot to pay for it and just wanted to get rid of it. That sounds legit. That's not a good start for a relationship <laughs> with a band, I have to admit. Well, that's how I became a huge fan of They Might Be Giants, was I got Flood from Columbia uh, record club i started listening to it and i've been i'd say i've been a fan ever since but i was a fan for maybe a good 10 years boy that's a killer story isn't it it's the best story i've heard all day brad pick another song here's a song for the b-side of our tape take a listen to this when the sun drips down getting heavy behind the front of your dress all shadowy lined and the droning engine drops in time with your beating heart That's the chauffeur by Duran Duran. That's a, that's worthy of the first half of this playlist. What are you talking it's, about? It's a little slow. I want to start out hot and then we cool down a little bit later. Not too not too cool, but this is also you know, can I say erotically charged enough to get everyone's attention so no one falls asleep? <laughs> um, look, this is a this is a slow burn track. There's no two ways about it, and no one has any idea what the heck Simon Lebon is talking about most of the time. But that doesn't stop us from listening to it. No, well, here's the thing: is if if you were a fan of Duran Duran circa 1984, 85, they had a documentary called Sing Blue Silver, which was following them on the Seven and the Ragged Tiger tour. And there's this one scene where all the tour trucks are going through snowy weather on the way to the next town. And this song is playing in the background. And I'm telling you, for that reason alone, I mean, this is this is definitely more of a, a, a song for a winter road trip playlist. Mm. Is there such a thing as a winter road trip? Or is it well, if you grow up in Wisconsin? <laughs> fair, fair, good point. I I don't like driving, so I, to me, I, I, I mean, I told the stories in the podcast before. The only road trips I ever really went on were when we were forced in the back of Dad's work van, and we would just These sit. Stories. It sounds like child abduction one hundred and one. <laughs> honestly, they threw a mattress in the back of the van, and my sister and I were back there. Here's your like, beloved jar of sugar, Steve. Now oh shut the hell up. 
were there bungee cords involved? I'm a little worried. There were b- bungee, but only to keep like the machinery from falling on top of us. <laughs> oh, the story gets better and better. Actually, most of my road trips were across the desert since I live in California. Yeah. Uh, so, now this is a good song. I, I don't have any problems. But you're right. The lyrics, there's no sense trying to dissect Simon LeBond lyrics. They're just... Just go with it. Yeah. yeah. Just go with it. Ugh. It just... It's one of the reasons I don't like poetry to this day. Okay, Tammy, what's your next pick? Okay, my next pick is another one. You hear a couple notes from it, and you're cranking it up. Take a listen. Summer Nights by Van Halen. It's on there. Wow. It's on there. 1986, 5150. It's their first number one record and also their first record with Sammy Hagar at the helm. Now, coincidence? I, I think not. He doesn't think so either. <laughs> He's <laughs> well, yeah. very adamant about that, actually. But, uh, you know, this was in 1986. I was a junior in high school. Those were cruising days. We were always cruising and this was played a lot. It brings back memories of that. I mean, it talks about it and, you know, ain't no way I'm staying home tonight. I'll be out till the morning light, just hanging around the local parking lot. I mean, that's what we did. Waiting for our friends to show up, looking for cute boys. And then it goes on <laughs> to say, yeah, well, that's what we did. I don't, I don't, I don't think you, the Van Halen I mean, song had those lyrics though. <laughs> No, I think that was her <laughs> recounting her experiences. Okay. That's what we call personal narrative in the podcast. <laughs> what? Read me where the lyrics ended and where mine started. Come on. <laughs> yeah, that's good. I mean, I wouldn't have thought a Van Halen song would have made our list. Tammy, you're bringing the heat to this list. These are all great picks. <laughs> Thank you. I didn't even like Van Halen when they were first out because I went from knowing only country music to learning about pop. So then I liked the really wussy like air supply and chicago ballads and all that stuff and then i kind of moved into pop so by the time 5150 came out i was finally ready for it and thought <laughs> wow this stuff is great wow air supply is a gateway drug to van Halen. isn't it crazy i love it i love it <laughs> that's, that's remarkable I, I, what a journey i think there's a meme in that somewhere so we've all picked a bunch of songs and i think there's one band we're leaving out and, and here's the problem. I don't know which song to nominate. And of course, I'm talking about the mighty Ario Speedwagon. Because you have to include a band that's named after a truck, right? You have to. But what's uh, what song? I mean, okay, here's here are the candidates for the Ario Speedwagon song for our playlist. Time for me to fly, take it on the run, keep pushing, back on the road again, or the dark horse that everyone's forgetting from the Goonies soundtrack wherever you're going it's alright my number one isn't even on your list dude what is it? Roll with the changes. Oh, that's a good one. Oh, see the trouble. Yeah, I was all ready to get behind "Time for Me to Fly," but I'm putting "Time for Me to Fly" on volume two. <laughs> I want to roll with the changes. Yeah. I watched all these videos again. Like I love Aria. I watched them all today, twice, and went through a <laughs> list. I was I was having a good time. Runner up. Time for me to fly and take it on the run, but hands down was roll with the changes. As soon as you are
oh, it's just, it's got such a great groove. Yeah. They're, Sorry, they're, Steve, you're wrong again. That's fine. I'm, I'm okay. I'm too. I'm okay in my wrongness. I, I, I've only seen Goonies once, and even then I fell asleep for most of it. So did I miss where wherever you're I, going, it's all right? When, when does that play during the movie? don't remember when that would have happened. I haven't seen it in a while myself. Tammy, do you remember beloved, that? And I don't have anything bad to say about it, but I don't remember where that happened. Tammy, do you remember? I've only seen it once, and it was this year, and I don't oh remember. Oh, my God. Yep. Birds of a Feather, finally. We have three stuck-in-the-80s hosts who all um, don't like lay down on the ground and worship the the footsteps don't, of don't, Goonies. Don't pull me into your stupid cult, Spearsy. <laughs> I hey, like the movie. I, I appreciate it for what it is. I came over on this Stand By Me bandwagon. I'm firmly on board now with that movie. I, you know what? I don't have energy to hate anything. Even, even if everyone gets the whole deer scene completely wrong... You know, I'm, not, he was hungry for venison. That's what it was. <laughs> uh, we'll talk about that again someday. But uh, if I may ask, Tammy, if you just saw it recently, what did you think of it? And you know, remember, this is for posterity, so be honest. <laughs> so I thought it was a fun movie. I get why everybody loves it because you kind of have to put yourself in your '80s shoes. But it was fun. I love that all these kids were the stars of the movie. Yeah. And it was silly. It was unapologetically silly in places. Yeah. And it's a kid's movie. And that's why Steve suffers with it because Steve is the inner child of Steve is dead. No, he's not he's not dead. He's in the back of a van with a jar oh, of sugar and a bunch of, of van <laughs> with a bunch of bungee cords. <laughs> let me out, Dad. I'll let you out when I'm good and ready, mister. <laughs> Okay, so those are our those are our main picks. We've we've got some honorable mentions I want to throw in, and and these are more obvious uh, titles. Where the streets have no name. I know that's one of Brad's favorites. Yeah, I don't know if I would put that on such a tape, but yes, I do like that song a lot. Um, that's that's on my memorial my memorial service playlist, yeah. as we all know. Okay, of course, on my memorial playlist is "Behind the Wheel" by Depeche Mode. <laughs> that makes no sense whatsoever. Uh, Panama by Van Halen. If I think if we if, if Brad Knight had a pick for for Van Halen, we would have picked Panama. I'm more of the David Lee Roth school. Although I love Sammy Hagar, and I think I can't drive 55 could have been on this list just as easily, very easily. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. There's the very cultish Stan Ridgeway with Drives. She said, which I think is a nice deep cut. That's a great song, and it's a song that tells a story. And you know how I like those. Yes, uh, second only to songs with horn lines. But yeah, that's a deeper. There are going to be less people familiar with that song. Tammy, what what are some of your honorable mentions? So I have to pick "Renegade" by Styx. Good one. Say "Bohemian Rhapsody" because it's so classic. It's almost a given. You have to have it. Uh, "Fool in the Rain," Led Zeppelin, uh, and wow. "Sausalito Summer Nights" by Diesel. I mean, that's about <laughs> taking a road trip, but it's so much fun. That song also tells a story. It does. It's a terrible story, but it's a story. It's terrible in a funny way. Yeah, you know. Our listeners had some some picks, too. Here are some of those. Uh, Power of Love by Huey Lewis was a real popular pick. I think a lot of people submitted that. Amy Koneman suggested The Way It Is by Tesla and No Sleep Till Brooklyn by Beastie Boys. Those are good picks. Yeah. Chase, probably should have put some of that on there. Chase Squires suggested the entire Graceland album by Paul Simon. Defeats the purpose. Sorry, Chase. <laughs> Zero. Assignment returned. See me he's, after class. He's he's a rule breaker, that Chase. He had to come back from Ecuador to the U.S. to get his vaccine shots. I don't know if he's still here or not. I guess we'll find out when he hears this podcast. Yes. Bob Sitton, my old friend from the St. Pete Times, said uh, under pressure from Queen and David Bowie should be on the list. I, I would agree. Linda Slater suggests back in black by acdc oh yeah 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 again that's a good tempo for an acdc song you don't want to go thunderstruck because that's a speeding ticket song <laughs> you might hit your head on the steering wheel jamming out yeah jeremy myers <laughs> had turn me loose by Leverboy. That that's a song that doesn't get name checked very often I, I gotta admit i you know hats off to that one that's a good one i just bought that one on vinyl uh, nice. Drew uh, Blanford Williams suggested Danger Zone by Kenny Loggins and Sweet Child of Mine by Guns N' Roses. Paul Dansman says Rome by the B 52 should be on there. That's a good one. Hadn't thought of that. As long as it's not freaking Love Shack, 
which I never need to hear again. I can't wait till we do a change-up show and we can give them a new song for Love Shack. Paul Schultz said, uh, Stay the Night by Chicago. Oh. Dan Vey goes the Chase Squires route and basically says the whole Footloose and Top Gun soundtrack's no shuffle necessary. I mean, I'd ride in that car, but... you'd st- Still, you'd ride in that car? I'd still, I'd ride in that car. Oh, Especially I if we could just hit repeat on Dancing the Sheets a couple times. <laughs> Paul Schultz with your Stay the Night by Chicago. You got my heart, man. That oh, is that's a- fabulous. God, we don't name check them enough. <laughs> Tammy, thank you so much for being on the show. Remind um, our listeners where they can find your books and, and more about your work. They can find me at totallycool80s.com. Excellent. Can't wait to have you on the show again. Hey, if we missed one of your um, obvious road trip songs, send it in. We're going to still build a, a nice little playlist for you. But in the meantime, it's time for something we like to call The Seggies. Hey, it's time for Stuck in the Arcade. It's our newest Seggy where we play a snippet of a video game from the 80s. If you get it right, you're entered into the drawing for a postal friendly bottle opener. Yes. I was late. Sorry. Steve, before we get too much further with this, today we're joined by one of our supporters, Scott Nelson. Scott has been a patron since late July last year, so he's like OG in the patron the patron roles. Uh, thanks for joining us today, Scott. Sure. Tell us a little bit about yourself, Scott. Where are you at? I am in Minnesota. Okay. I'm in a suburb, Egan, just outside of Minneapolis. Nice. I've been here for about 20 years. Okay. Um, grew up in Wisconsin. Okay. Went to college out in California. Oh, yeah? And came back here. I did. Where'd you go to school? I went to Berkeley. Oh, nice. Oh, wow. Jeez. Yeah. Go Bears. Go Bears, that's right, yeah. It's, it's like, isn't that like the one California school that has a normal mascot? Um, it's, yeah, it's the Golden Bear, I think. I don't know. Bears, the <laughs> Bruins, you got Trojans. You, I mean, it's you get into like the secondary sports schools that you get the weird mascots like the Banana the, Slugs. And the, the Banana Slugs. And and Stanford's, it, like, Stanford's <laughs> like a tree or I don't know what yeah, they are. The, they're, <laughs> yeah, they're the Cardinal, but not the Bird. It's just There's like a big tree that the, dances around or used to when I was there, so. Didn't they use wasn't it wasn't it St- Stanford and and Berkeley that had the big the, the big the, game uh, yeah yeah where the, the the band is on the field and yes. was that in the eighties that was in the eighties wasn't it that was like early eighties yeah I've oh. seen that play so many times um yeah 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 early eighties like eighty two or something eighty yeah I love that that never gets old to me. <sighs> oh. So, hey, so Scott, since this is the uh, arcade game segment, if you could have one arcade game in your house, which one would you choose? I think I'd have to go Galaga. Probably played that the most as a kid. Yeah. And it's a now it's the only game I can really play. I don't know how to play any other games. So. <laughs> well, so. it doesn't have – it's a simple control scheme, like stick to move, button to fire. Yeah. It's not like, wait, where's the hyperdrive? And I got the bomb button and the – Right. It's It's simple. It's fun. It's – if I see it, I'll play it. I mean, I haven't played it in a while, but yeah, that would be the one. I'll tell you something about Galaga, though. I, we have it here on, like, I mean, nowadays there's all these uh, handheld video games. I'm not talking about, like, Game Boy or anything. I'm talking about, like, some POS that I got off of uh, uh, Amazon during the height of the pandemic. And it had a super realistic version of Galaga on it. But for some reason, I just lose my shit. When you know you capture the second fighter, so now you have two mm-hmm. fighters and you're really kind of in the sweet spot. And then ten seconds later, I managed to lose the second fighter. I mean, that I have thrown that thing across the room more times than I can is think about. Is that what that I, hole I'm, in the drywall is back there? <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, <laughs> thankfully, the thing is like feather, <laughs> just feather kind of light. floats on the couch. <laughs> it is. It weighs. It batteries weighs are the heaviest thing in it. It's not even has it doesn't even have batteries. It's like you know powered by your USB drive, which doesn't, doesn't even work. Batteries. So, but it's it's just uh, I love Galaga and and the, and I can I can hear the theme song in my head. But but man, when I lose the second fighter, I just that's it. I mean, I don't think there's you know I've I've had sad moments in my life, but none of them measure up to losing <laughs> the the second fighter in Galaga. That's just it. That's yeah. like oh man. <sighs> Finding out your whole family was on a ship that sank, or you lost your thing in Galaga. I don't know. <laughs> Depends on how you feel about your family. Scott, what year did you graduate high school? 
I graduated in 1990. Oh yeah. wow! Okay, so so then when we do the show, do you do you connect more with the stuff that we do from the later 80s, which we tend to sometimes mock more than we should? A little bit, maybe. Yeah, I mean, there's some stuff from like maybe 80, 81, 82 that I don't. I was just too young to. Yeah. I mean, I've gone back a little bit and listened. You know, remember some of that stuff. But yeah, it's um. And it's, it's weird, too, because it's for me, it's such a divide. It's like 80s are my childhood, and then 90s, I'm in college. It's just total split for me. So it's like I become an adult, and the 80s are over <laughs> in some ways. Okay. Yeah. It didn't happen in the middle of the decade, so it's kind of a weird split there. If you graduated that late, then, so your first concert would probably be, you know, what, circa 1985 or six. You know, I didn't, I didn't really go to many concerts just because where we lived um, okay. yeah the one concert i went to and this was not really memorable with my parents so we went to it was at a state fair and we saw barbara mandrell <laughs> that's not really memorable i don't know why i remember it and i don't know why we went but that's that was like early 80s yeah she was huge i mean she had she was huge a multimedia yeah. empire you know including a variety tv show she, she had the tv show yeah yeah how do you guys remember this how do you not I, I she was I everywhere. She was, yeah. I I don't know. I my I mean, parents I feel like were she still was hung. selling, you know, groceries and and phone service and cars and you know violins and records and TV shows. Did you have any summer jobs during the time during high school or anything like that? I had a job at a restaurant. I was a, a dish boy, dishwasher. I don't remember what it was. I know I remember uh, that I drank a lot of soda because it was free. Right yeah. in the back, and it's it's really hot back there, and yeah, a lot of stomach aches after my shift. <laughs> the one thing I remember is that because I had a, this job, I couldn't. I had to work every weekend. I couldn't go on weekend trips with my parents, and it was you kind of get some independence. And my parents didn't like that, but it's like, what can they do? I, I have to work. They want me to work, so right. Kind of got some independence from, and I get the house to myself for the weekend. Nice. Kind of a nice benefit. I was just talking to my mom yesterday, and we were. Uh, <clears throat> she was talking about how. They would always go on sailing trips on weekends on on the boat and stuff like that and leave the house to me. And then I would like throw parties and stuff like that. And she's still, I, I guess it's been what, 35 years. And there's like two or three of those parties she still hasn't quite forgiven me for. And, yeah. and it wasn't that we ruined the house and that we drank the alcohol or that we violated her trust. It was because two people used their shower. <laughs> that was it. That was like the That's line. The line. That, That's the red line. Anyway, yeah. so I'm, I'm going to try to put that in the past and focus on the Seggy. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but she she brought it up again. She doesn't even live in the same place. She doesn't even have custody of that shower anymore. But it you was should the say to her, st- you know, hundreds of people have used that shower since then, Mom. <laughs> How does that make you feel? <laughs> And I think maybe somebody had used her ca- her shower cap, and that was that was really like a bridge too okay, far. That's kind of anyway. weird. Yeah. See, this is where I didn't want to dig into. If you could just could have kept me focused on Galaga, this wouldn't even be a problem. Oh, you right were now. so angry. You worked into such a rage over Galaga that you know now we're now Scott and I are both like, okay, we gotta be careful. Don't piss <laughs> yeah, him off. Was... Don't piss him off. <laughs> okay, I'm sorry. I, I, I'm just. I tell you, it's just a, it's just a weird day and a lot of weird energy, and that, that's just how it goes. Anyway, back in episode six oh four, we did have a mystery arcade theme song, and this is what it was. Yes, that's Spy Hunter. The Peter Gunn theme is unmistakable. Uh, unless you've never heard of it, like me, I'm sorry. Never. Well, you know it if you heard it, though. Bup, 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 bup. Oh, that. No, no, no. I'm just the game, though. I'm just saying. Oh, okay. Uh, I'm an idiot. Don't just don't even. Just I'm still stuck up on the Galaga. If someone could just send me a Galaga and a shower cap, I think I could just really get everything out of the. <laughs> anyway, I'm kind of uh, terrified right now. <laughs> Scott, do you want to read this week's winners? Yeah, I can do that. This week's winners include Crispy Critter, Chris Joy, Chad in Hendersville, North Carolina, Mailman Jeff from Jacksonville, Scott from Somerville, Jeremy in St. Pete, Cincinnati Joe, Colin Hall, Sir Chase of Squires, William Hutton, Martin the Irish Evertonian, Neil the Alpha Geek, Charles in Vegas, Tom Corn in Austria, Jeff and Charity in Richlands, Virginia. Sal from Buffalo and Lou Sweet Lou Greeley, who writes, 
Of course, that was the Peter Gunn theme as generated for one of our top five arcade games of 1984-1985, Spy Hunter and Spy Hunter 2. And there's a Disney connection from Wikipedia. Game designer George Gomez drew inspiration for the game from listening to an audio cassette tape with music from James Bond films. He designed the game with Tom Leon, with whom he had worked on Tron. Gomez sketched it out, the in-game roadmap, on a long scroll of drawing paper and also came up with the idea of a weapons van. Originally, the game was to be based directly on James Bond and have the James Bond theme as in-game music, but the license could not be acquired. Instead, an electronic arrangement of Harry Mancini's theme to Peter Gunn plays throughout. Cool. Yeah, this was a pretty simple game, too. I mean, you had, I think you had a shifter and you had like a yoke steering wheel, like not a full steering wheel, like a cool steering wheel, like a, like more like a pilot yoke. Drawing a blank. I'm going to have to Google it. Google it, Steve. <laughs> yeah, you, you're, you go deep with the, with the uh, arcade games. I mean, I think I'm just. I spent I just way like too much of my newspaper route money at the arcade. What was the yeah. name of the local arcade I went to? It was, I think it was called Pastimes. And it was one of those places that, in lovely Weatherford, Oklahoma, that when I was a little kid had pool tables and you wouldn't go in there uh, unless you wanted to come out in a box. But then arcade games showed up and us kids took the place over. Cool. Yeah. We, we, we had the franchise of Aladdin's Castle. Oh, uh, yeah. See, not, not a lot of that kind of stuff in the, in the sticks. Scott, you had the Aladdin's Castle? We did in the mall. Yeah, yeah. that's where I would go. Oh, man, I would kill for one of those right now. <laughs> somebody, it has. somebody shared a picture of an Aladdin's Castle token somewhere, and they're like, what is this? I'm like, I know what that is. <laughs> <laughs> okay, it's time to uh, spin the wheel and find out who's this week's winner. You ready to spin it, Scott? Sure. Go ahead. Uh, Ooh, spun like a bear. And it looks like it's going to land on Scott from Somerville. This is a different Scott, right? No, that's not me. Scott on Scott <laughs> Violence. Yeah. <laughs> Scott, if you uh, send us your postal address, we will send you a... What is it, Scott? Postal-friendly bottle opener. In the meantime, pay attention. Here's this week's mystery clip. If you know it, email us at podcast at SITDs.com and tune in a few weeks to find out if you're a winner. We'll be right back after this commercial break. I have found my new car. The Chrysler Le Baron series for 1982. Le Baron combines high mileage and luxury. The coupe even has a Mark Crossing interior available. And no other car has front-wheel drive, luxury, and seat six at so surprising a price. Lee Iacocca's dream to combine high mileage and luxury is a reality. The 1982 Chrysler Le Baron series. They are like no other cars in America, Europe, or Japan. My new car. And we're back. We got a few minutes left. Uh, Scott, on Stuck in the 80s, as you know, we have a tradition where when we have a guest, we like to explain to them that the podcast is actually a podcast time machine and that we can offer you a seat and go back to any uh, period in time, preferably the 80s, so that you can relive an event, change an event, tell yourself a bit of advice that you might need later in life. Guys! This is scientifically possible. Oh, my God. Okay, Professor Hawking, tell me in your robot voice how this is scientifically possible. It is obviously a podcast time machine. How would you choose to use your seat on the podcast time machine? I was thinking about, like, what concerts or what people I didn't see that I regret. I think the one I regret most is is not seeing Prince. Yeah. Especially living where I live. Um, So I would probably go back and I would either go back and see him in concert or also... At his place where, you know, he lived Paisley Park, mm-hmm. he would occasionally do these all-night concerts. He didn't do a lot of them, but he would do them occasionally, invite people to come and see it. I don't know if they're free or you had to pay, or I don't know. If, and I don't even know how easy it would be to get them, but I know that I do know people who went and saw them. They said they were amazing. Well, so let's come just back assume and, that the podcast time machine can also make those arrangements for you. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so that would be, yeah, he'd come and play like at midnight till oh. early morning and... That's a good pick. I like That's that. That's a really good pick, yeah. I, I, I think, think we'll Prince come is... along. <laughs> yeah. Sounds good, Someone's yeah. got to drive it. So, Hey, that's all the time we have for this week. A special thanks to Tammy Dever for joining us to talk about Road Trip Songs of the 80s. Don't forget you can read more about her books at 
cool80s.com. Scott, thank you so much for being our very first patron to come on and do the Seggies with us. Yeah, sure. Thanks a lot. And in the meantime, Scott, Brad, and myself remain here, hopelessly stuck in the 80s. Stuck in the 80s is now on Patreon. If you'd like to support the show, go to patreon.com slash stuck in the 80s podcast. Special thanks to Check Battery Daily for our theme music. And thanks for listening.